Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Today, we are talking about residual income and passive income. Yeah, no. So I think this is really important. And I think we talk about a range of topics that reach people at different levels. Sometimes it reaches the sophisticated investor. Sometimes it reaches the person who's just trying to get by. So I feel like we do a range of shows that hit a lot of people, right? Like it hits the sophisticated investor, but Mm -hmm. it also hits like the person who's just trying to get by. Like, listen, I'm not ready to enter into the market yet. I don't know about stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs. I'll get there one day, but today I need to get these bills paid. And so I like the range of shows that we do. And I feel like this one is kind of middle ground. I think this is the this type of show that's for everybody, no matter where you are in your financial situation. One thing that Alan and I talk about regularly that we see is a huge gap in the world, but especially in the black community, is that we are never taught simply just how to make money. Yeah. We're taught how to work. We're taught how to persevere. Mm-hmm. You know, we're taught how to code switch and just get through that job. You know, we're taught how to try to work to get a promotion. That's not synonymous with actually making money, bringing money home, bringing in extra income. And what we have learned over the years is that making money is surprisingly easy Mm -hmm. when you pare it down to just focusing on that. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. So we're going to cover this topic over a couple of different shows. Right? Yeah, in a because number of different ways. There's a lot of ways to make some residual, some extra money. I always think extra money is a funny word because right. like, there's never extra money. Right. Additional. Maybe we can call it additional money. Uh, but there's a lot of ways to do it. Some require money. Some require effort. But you need to understand some different ways to make some money. And some of these might inspire you to come up with ideas that are not on the list. Yeah. And the other thing I think... Some of these things might be things you need to teach your children, right? Like a lot of us have missed the boat again on just learning how to make money at an early age and we're just figuring it out later in life. But these type of topics, these type of things that we're going to talk about today, these strategies, they pertain to your children. If you've got teenage children, college age children, like this is the type of show that they should listen to or these are the type of pieces of information that you should pass on to them so that they can get involved in knowing how to make money as early as possible. Absolutely. So what is residual income? Residual income is where you get paid over and over again for work that you did once or... Or residual income is money that is earned on a recurring basis, typically as a result of a single original action. I like that. I like it too. So you do something once or maybe invest once. Yeah. And you're getting checks on checks on checks. You get it set up good one time and it's just working. It's just flowing from there. This is very different than working and earning a wage per hour. I mean, yeah. you're selling your time when you do that. Yeah, this is not, I applied for a job one time, 
and then I go to work every single day. <laughs> That's not- that is not residual income, <laughs> right? It is it is more like I went and turned on the faucet, and now the water's just running. I don't Ooh. have to keep going back to the faucet. It's, it's flowing. It's just flowing. It's flowing. Okay, so that is that is residual income. Who wouldn't want a little bit of residual income? I, I don't know who wouldn't. Then there's also passive income, which yes. is actually different. They're similar. But they're different. And passive means it pretty much requires little to no maintenance to keep the money flowing. Um, the IRS oftentimes identifies passive income as rental property or businesses in which one does not actively participate at all. So maybe like you ha- you wrote a book, mm-hmm. right? Maybe you wrote a jingle, a mm-hmm. song mm-hmm. 30 years ago. I'm planning on doing that. Okay. And you're still receiving royalties to this day. Yeah. Yo, I met the guy once that made the Freddy Krueger theme song. Paid. Really? Yes. Can I let you know that I don't know what the Freddy Krueger theme song is, actually? And you know what? It doesn't matter because he's still paid. There you go. So you know the happy birthday song. You just had a birthday. Yep. Okay. I'm assuming. Maybe they didn't sing you happy birthday because there was no cake involved. So I don't know what they you did. do over pie. They did sing but, happy okay. birthday. Okay. The so Stevie the, Wonder version. You know, the happy birthday to you. Mm. Are you sure you want to sing this song? Not to you. I don't because there's <laughs> no cake. I didn't receive any birthday cake. But several, several years ago, um, I had a client, American Cancer Society, and they did a more birthdays campaign. And just to be able to use the happy birthday song, a song that people sing a million times a day, just to be able to use that song in a commercial, we had to pay like $4 million a year. Mm. Someone owns the happy birthday song. Yeah. They probably have never sung it, haven't had to sing it in a million years, but they are sitting at home. Checks. Checks. And that was, it was just one of us. If there's anybody else who wants to use the happy birthday song in an advertisement, you have to pay millions and millions of dollars. I'm about to write the happy Black History Month song. You know what I mean? That's why you also can't say in a lot of ads, you can't use the term Super Bowl. They say the big game. Mm. Because if you say the term Super Bowl. Checks. Checks. Yeah. That's passive income. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying go out here and start making slogans and start charging people to use oh, that. Oh, I'm doing it. But listen, here is a good litmus test to see if your idea, your passive income, your residual income idea is legit. If you can still work your full-time job mm-hmm. and not have to worry about this other income flowing in or maintaining it. It's still flowing. It's it's pretty solid. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you can still go about doing all the things that you normally do without being inconvenienced by this other this other income stream, yep. you're pretty much doing the right thing. Another word for this is making money while you sleep. There you go. Who doesn't want to do that? Yeah. And another term or the bigger strategy is building wealth. Right. Like we often talk about how to build wealth and there are so many, you know, if you just budget down, if you just don't buy the coffee, if you just do all these different things. No, if you just make more money, if you just make more money, yeah, you know, then there are several things we want you to do after that. Invest it. There's all these other things. But if you just make more money, you will be better suited to be able to create wealth for yourself. And that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah. So among the things we won't be talking about today, multi-level marketing. No. That That's not really, you know. We're not doing that. We don't support that. We tweeted something directly from the Federal Trade Commission this past week. And they, they warn you, the government warns you, most people that go into multi-level marketing, they lose money or don't make money. Like, there's a few that make money, but we're not talking about that today. But, but Alan, it's not multi-level marketing. I'm just trying to put you on. Mm. 
yeah, I don't want to be on. Okay. I want to be off. You want to be off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm not trying to ruin my whole reputation amongst all my family and friends behind this thing. For those who are confused, if you need to bring in multiple more people in order for you to continue to get paid into a situation, that's probably multi-level marketing. Yeah. Right? You got hired. Somebody got a check. You got to bring in more people for you to continue to get checks. That is multi-level marketing. Period. Yes. So, some ideas. Okay. First things first. Okay. A really great way to make passive or residual income is to create an online course, right? And so how that starts is you pick a skill, something that you know how to do. It doesn't have to be formal education. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be algebra, Mm -hmm. mathematics. Maybe you are really good at knitting. Maybe you are really great at coding. Maybe you just know the English language. All you have to do, set up some videos, teaching whatever skill you have, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe it's four sections or maybe it's 12 classes of teaching English, right? Put it online. I guarantee you there are several people who are new to the United States or who don't even live in the United States who will pay to use your online course. Now, you don't have to log in every day and talk to somebody and get on Zoom and teach them English one-on-one. Whatever it is your skill is, again, set up the courses, create the class yourself. Again, maybe it's 12 sessions, maybe it's 16 sessions, whatever it is, maybe it's eight sessions, but whatever it is, whatever you want to teach, you want to teach somebody how to play the guitar, whatever it is, someone is willing to learn it. Someone is interested in learning it. And so you have to get on a platform. Sometimes there's platforms like Teachable, Udemy, and you just load up your videos. You load up your class and people have the opportunity to pay for it and you get paid. Yeah, I like that. I like that. One of our clients that you talked about, he had an online real estate school and he learned how to invest in real estate. He made a bunch of videos. He wrote a textbook and he got people to join. Millions of dollars though. Like he yeah, made he, millions he made, of dollars he, he off of this. He made some bread. He made some bread. You know, so again, you might not need to be the top expert in that field. You need to know more than the people who are signing up for your class and you've got to be good at explaining things. Yeah. So for some people, I think that's the thing that I want you to get. I don't want you to be discouraged. You're like, listen, I'm not the greatest. I'm not the best that ever did it. That's not the point, right? Like if you are better, if you know more of something than the person next to you, you are eligible to teach a class. And oftentimes on these platforms, again, we mentioned Teachable. We mentioned Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y. You can say, hey, this is a beginner level class. This is an intermediate class. This is an advanced class. Therefore, that takes the pressure off of you. And maybe you teach uh, cooking. Maybe you do cooking classes. Maybe they're, listen, okay, to the black people who are listening, I'm going to just drop this dime real quick. Mm. White people want to learn how to cook black people food. Mm. Okay. Now we've got to sophisticate it up a little bit. So, you know, maybe it's called, you know, cooking for the soul Mm. or down home style something sponsored by Lowry's (laughs) or you know the southern aesthetic whatever it is but get online do some videos of you making a pot of collard greens some chicken some fried chicken some macaroni and cheese the kind that goes in the oven um you know what I mean and put that online I'm telling you there are people who want to learn anything that is out there and they will pay you for it now they're not going to pay you a hundred dollars three hundred dollars maybe it's $15. But if one person pays you $15, I'm sure you can get 10 or 20 people Mm. to sign up for this class. Mm. Right. And again, once you put it up, you don't have to come back. You don't have to, you don't have to check back in. All you have to do is just check your bank account and make sure you're receiving your funds. 
If you watch that show Shark Tank, they often use this word scalable. Scalable is the idea of doing something once and getting paid multiple times over. That's what we're talking about. Like if you record a class, you put it up on one of these platforms, you might be getting checks and checks and checks. Okay, look, I don't think people are going to be beating down your door. No. Not overnight. But maybe you're promoting it on social media. Maybe you're doing a clubhouse and you're sending people to your Teachable to learn more. I don't know, but there's a lot of ways to drum up some money. Another way, write a book, an ebook. Or okay. self-publish a book. Whatever it is, whatever you want to do. Nowadays, with online platforms like Lulu and Amazon and Kindle, like you can self-publish your own book or you could just do an ebook. Write a book. Y'all swear y'all know everything about everything anyway. Whatever topic you want to choose about. Maybe it's self-help. Again, maybe it's something that's geared towards women. Maybe it's something that's geared towards children. Whatever it is, write a book. Post it online. Right? And so here's the great thing. You're not responsible for printing it. You're not responsible for sending it. Now, again, with all these different platforms online, you can post it one time. And again, Lulu or Audible or Kindle or Amazon, they'll deal with the customer. They'll send it to them. Only thing you have to do is worry about checking your bank account. Again, that's residual income. You did a thing one time, you posted it, and that's it. You go to work. You go to sleep. I love it. People are sending you money left and right, hopefully if it's good. And you can move on and continue to do what you're doing. I like it. So we are talking about residual and passive income. Stick with us. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors. We are back. Yes. Residual and passive income. Residual income. Okay. Residual income is when you do something one time. Yep. And then you just keep making money. The money just continues to flow without you having to do another thing. Racks on racks. Racks on racks. Passive income is when you don't really have to do much of anything. Before the break, you talked about writing a book. Yes. I think a lot of folks have the goal of writing a book, but I think the old school way to write a book was to try to get a publishing deal. Mm, right. Right? To shop the book around. We don't have to do that anymore. Now you can be a self-publisher. Yeah. And because of these services, you don't even have to invest a ton of money to get a bunch of inventory to sit in your basement for you to ship out. Yeah, you don't have to do the inventory at all. So I think we mentioned ebook, but if you really want to have a to print book, again, there are platforms like Lulu, even with Amazon and Kindle, you load your book up, mm -hmm. you can create a cover or they can create a cover. And every time someone places an order, they will print it and ship it out to them. Like you don't have to put the money up up front. You have to put in the time. But you don't have to really put any money up up front to get this going and get this rocking. And you don't have to do anything after it's set up. And you can call yourself an author. There you go. You can get some speaking engagements. Listen. You might even be able to be in the church program. I don't. I in don't, the acknowledgement section. I don't know where that, I don't Is that going to get you income if you're in the church? Maybe the church will buy the book. Local fame. Local fame. That's not what this is about. Mm. We're talking about passive and residual income. So Fine. another way, okay, right, is to set up an online store. Mm. But break this down for right, us. Right. So the way to make it passive okay. or residual is by using drop shipping. Break that down. Okay. So drop shipping, and this is an option on sites like Shopify. Drop shipping is when you create an online store that offers products. Mm -hmm. From other manufacturers. So you're not actually making anything. You're not 
you know, you don't have the product yourself. You are selling something that other manufacturers have. You set up some sort of wholesale relationship with other manufacturers. Mm -hmm. And so when a person goes to your website and buys that thing, the transaction goes to the manufacturer and they ship it out. Wow. You don't really have to do anything. So you, you've got a market. You've got to set up the website, right? Like you've got to set up the website and it's got to be, like you said, it has to be marketed. People have to be aware of it. But as orders come in, you really just receive your kickback. Like the manufacturer gets what they need. They send it out. They ship it to the customer. And you've been asleep. You've been sitting at home the entire time. Yeah, like I said, you might have to add new items here and there as you choose to do so. But setting up an online store and utilizing drop shipping is a really, really major way to make residual income while you are sleeping. This is really just selling items, getting customers, transactions happening, and you don't have to monitor or really do anything. I was just reading an article in the Wall Street Journal this past week about Shopify and about how many people are making money on Shopify. And the stat that I saw that was really staggering is that they've got over 1 million people that are first-time entrepreneurs using this platform. Yeah, absolutely. The article was about a husband and wife. The husband has a store that sells construction boots, and the wife has a store that sells hats, winter hats. And they they were able to quit their job off this. Yeah, seriously. Like You don't have to know how to build an elaborate website. There are so many platforms now, as Alan mentioned, Shopify, there's Squarespace, there's WordPress, that make it very, very easy to set up a website. It doesn't have to be the best website that ever happened. Like I think about e-commerce now. Like Walmart's website is whack. Amazon's website is not the most beautiful website you've ever seen, but they're making more money than any of us could ever imagine. Yeah. Just set up something that works. Again, build the relationships with the manufacturers. They always want somebody to be selling their product. It can be set up so that, again, when someone purchases something, it goes directly to the manufacturer. They ship it out. You get the money. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. Okay. I love o it. Other ways to make some money. Okay. Rent your car for ad space. Wow. Tiffany, hold on. <laughs> I like my car. Okay, good. Just, you know, maybe figure out a way to use it to sell things. Maybe when my son starts driving, I can rent out his car for ad space. So here's the thing, right? Like, let's keep it a buck. Okay. This sounds a little corny, <laughs> right? Like, I'm not about to be... Tiffany Hawkins, personally, where I'm at in my life right now, okay. I'm not about to be riding around in my car with a cone on top. <laughs> like, you think about taxi cabs in New York City. There's oftentimes some sort of cone on top with advertising. That is now available to people in regular cars. And brands will pay you monthly to ride around with their ads on top of your cars. Sometimes people even wrap their cars. There's a company called Rapify that mm. will wrap your entire car. Lord. You know what I mean? And you get hundreds and hundreds of dollars for just doing what you do. You don't have to go anywhere special. You don't have to, you don't have a route. You don't have to sit outside their store. Just do whatever you were going to do anyway in this wrapped car or in this car that has advertising on the top and get three, four, five hundred dollars a month. Now again, I don't know if this is for Tiffany Hawkins, mm. but if I had a 17-year-old son, it mm. damn sure would be for Marquise. Like Marquise, <laughs> Marquise Hawkins is absolutely, you need to pay for gas, you need to pay for oil changes, you might need some new tires. Mm. You're going to put that cone on top of that car and you're going to get it going. But mom, everybody calls me the Buffalo Wild Wings guy at school. Listen, <laughs> first of all, bet money they're asking you for free Buffalo Wild Wings, right? And you got the money. 
to pay for it. But mom, they said I smell like hot wing sauce. Listen, you're not going to <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings and you at least have a car. That's all I'm saying. Maybe you take it off when you go to school. I don't know. I don't know if they're tracking you. You probably have to yeah, keep it on. Not a wrap. Not the wrap. You can't really take that cares? off. Okay, Alan, when you were 17 years old. Yeah, I would have done it. Fine. Like, you know what I mean? If, if I could get a nicer car. My car was, I had a bucket. Okay. But if you had, if you had a nicer car, mm-hmm. right? And your parents are like, listen, this is the only way you're going to be able to afford this car. Yeah. Like, I would have done it. You would have did it. I would have tried to get like Nike or somebody. Whatever. <laughs> to be you the know what I mean? Maybe that's what it is. Like, yeah, I got the Nike car, girl. Listen. <laughs> Let me take you on a date. I can afford the date, though. Yeah. Okay. That's a fact. At least we getting lobster and shrimp. Like, I'm making money in my sleep, girl. Dang. Who else you know? What other high school what student do you know right. that makes money in their sleep? While you down there at Wendy's, but mm-hmm. you got jokes. Yeah. Okay. Or take it a step farther. <laughs> you can rent your car out. Okay. Okay. Break this one down for me. I'm still tripping off Marquise being the Buffalo Wild Wing guy, but go ahead. Again, it changes monthly. So every month you're something different. How about that? Okay, but you can rent your car out. And this is for people who might have a second car. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you have a car for your child, but they're not allowed to take that car when they're away at college. And so there is a car just sitting around. There are sites like Turo, T-U-R-O. I actually know people who have used these sites. And you can set your car up. It's kind of like Airbnb for your car. And when someone needs a car... For a brief period of time, sometimes for a couple hours, sometimes it's for a day or two, they pay you a very high premium yep. to rent your car out. Again, I know it may sound sketchy, like, listen, I don't really know them like that. There's a lot of checks and balances in place. There's insurance. Uh, again, Toro is a service that's as reputable as Airbnb, so they make sure that things are handled appropriately, and if not, there are coverages for that. But you can make $600 a month on something like Toro, and that's a very common number. Now, say your car note, what if the car is paid off and it's just sitting there? $600 a month of extra income for a car that you don't use. I'm not mad at it. Maybe there is a car note on a car. Maybe you are behind in being able to pay your car note. You ain't got nowhere to go. Car note's $300. Maybe you're using Toro and bringing in $600 a month. You're able to keep your car, make your car payment, and bring in some extra income. And maybe you're sitting at home, working from home, but you live near a hospital, and there's a doctor in town that needs a car for a month. And yeah, he seriously. doesn't want to go to Avis. He goes to Toro because you've got a nice car. Yeah, I know these things sound a little quirky. I get that. But I will tell you there are thousands of people out here who are doing these things and making money. Like It may sound quirky because no one's ever brought it to your attention, But these things have been happening for a very long time, and people have been making money off of them, and some people do this full-time. Great. Another way to make passive income, residual income, license out your photos. How do you do this? Okay. And what is this? What do you mean? First of all, I think a lot of us have heard of stock photos, right? Stock photos are just general photos that are posted online and that people can use for their own purposes, sometimes for advertisements, Mm -hmm. sometimes to go on websites, sometimes to go in their marketing brochures, but they buy these stock photos. You can use your own photos and post them on websites like Shutterstock or iStockphoto, and people can buy the licensing to use again. Maybe y'all look like a very safe, happy black family, Mm. right? And someone's doing a diversity marketing presentation. Wow. They can buy your stock photo of your safe, happy black family and pay you $30, $60, $100 just to use your photo. It might be like, 
do you want this family moving into your neighborhood? <laughs> Whatever. Now, you can't guarantee how to use it. That is a thing. Like, that would be terrible. But I will tell you, when it comes to stock photos, you can charge more based on the usage. So you can say, are you using this just for internal company usage? All right, that's $30. Mm. If you're going to use this in a major commercial, that's $5,000. If you plan on scandalizing my name, that's... Well, there's no names involved. That's $6,000. you can determine how these photos are used based on the dollar amount. Scandalizing my photo. That's not an option. Okay, that's a little more. Listen, that's not an option. But again... If you have photos that are just that just look nice, maybe you have photos of your landscaping, maybe you have photos of your dog. Literally, think about anything. People use stock photos for anything. If you've got a really nice bookcase, if you've got a really nice couch, these are the, you don't have to use your face where Alan's concerned about you being scandalized. It could be literally anything. You have a gorgeous new newborn baby, like whatever it is, your lamp, your hallway. Chickens. Chickens? Go ahead. Keep going. Do you, you have, have chickens that you can take photos readily? Yes. Yeah? When I was young, you know, my, you at chickens. my grandmother's house, we had a chicken coop. Saying You might have some nice chickens. Some of our listeners are in rural areas. They might have some nice chickens and they take photos of them. They could put them on these different sites. Go on. That was a reach. But if, you, if you do have chickens, I'm sure <laughs> it's a hot commodity when it comes to stock photos. Yes. But literally, you can choose anything. You don't have to be a professional photographer just take some nice pictures on your iPhone. Go to Shutterstock. Go to iStock Photo. I guarantee you this could not be simpler of a way to make money. And then if you are actually a photographer and you're out here hustling and maybe taking photos is your full-time job, but you need some more money, you can't, you know, it's only so many photo shoots you can book at a time. Some of these photos that don't get used, that don't get picked, load them up on Shutterstock. Load them up on iStock Photo. And make some money while you're sleeping so people can license and pay for these photos while you're out here doing your thing. I think one of the things we're talking about is like things you're no longer using as much, allowing somebody to rent it out. You know, on that note, it's renting out a room in your home. A lot of folks, you might have had a four bedroom home. Your children are all grown now. You've got an empty room sitting right there. Why not look at Airbnb? Yeah. I mean, there's so many different ways to rent out a room. It could be short term like Airbnb. It could be long term. Maybe you take on a roommate, depending on your situation. But if you've got unused real estate in your house somewhere, there is no reason for you not to be using it if you need or if you want additional income. Sometimes maybe you do have to get involved. Maybe you do have to spruce it up a little bit. Maybe it needs some updates. Maybe for your own security, you want to put an extra lock on it or a variety of different things. But whatever you have to do, Get it set up in a way so that you can rent it out. Again, short-term, long-term, whatever the case is, it's a way for you to make very, very meaningful income without you really having to do anything but one time. The beautiful thing about Airbnb, they've got a whole program. Like They have insurance wrapped into the program. They have vendors that can come in and, and manage the thing for you if you wanted to. There are smart locks and smart coffee makers, different things you can use to monitor your property if you happen to be traveling. Yeah, I will say Airbnb makes it very, very simple. As Alan mentioned, they will send out a specialist who will take the photos of your space for you, set it up for you, market it, list it on the platform for you so that it is as captivating as possible. Um, They will screen the people who are looking to stay in your space. They will set the prices based on your market and based on what you have available. So they really will make it as painless as possible. You just got to have the space. 
Absolutely. Another way to make residual income, this is one of my favorites. This is one of my favorites because anybody can do it. You do have to have a little bit of money, but anybody can do it. And sometimes I lay awake at night, Alan, you don't know this. (laughs) Sometimes I lay awake at night and wonder why we're not doing this. Really? Vending machines. Vending machines. Do you know somebody? You lay awake thinking about vending machines? I do, Alan. I really do. Like, every vending machine you've ever come across, someone has owned it. No matter where it's at, at the airport, at the hair salon, wherever you are, it is owned by a person. You can go on Costco's website and buy a vending machine right now. You can go online and buy a vending machine and fill it with whatever snacks, water bottles, juice whatever you want, and just have it set up in a place. And literally once a month, once every 60 days, whatever, you just have to fill it up, refill it with some snacks, and you're just taking in change. I wonder why we don't have like 100 vending machines everywhere. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I've it, never thought about this. I, I lay awake I, I at night. I don't wonder why. Um, Even in our own office building. Think about it. Yeah. In our own office building... Um, in one of our offices, there are vending machines. Mm-hmm. They're always empty. And then when they do have something, it's always like really bleak. Yeah. So you want to be a part of this Why solution? don't we just say, hey, get these whack vending machines out of here. We'll replace them with new vending machines. We'll make sure they're always stocked. Pay rent, possibly. You know what I mean? $20 a quarter. $20. 20. <laughs> I'm Listen. not trying to make this landlord any richer. But I'm saying. But yeah, no, it's, a good, it's a good idea. I will tell you, there's new vending machines right now on sale at samsclub.com, $3,500. I'm seeing used ones for $1,300. I don't think the user knows if it's new or used. Short and could care less. No, yeah. And can care less. And so this is something that I think about, I also think about for parents. When you have children or when you have a teenager or a college-age student, and you're trying to get them to think like an entrepreneur, think like a person who just needs to learn how to make money, how to think outside of the box. Maybe instead of giving your child new Jordans every month, maybe you give them a vending machine. Okay. And then allow them to use that money to do whatever they want with it. You know what I mean? Like, to me, these are big gifts. These are big ticket items. These are entrepreneur type items. These are things that you should think about. I just want y'all, for y'all who are leaving the house, are able to leave the house, anytime you see a vending machine, I just want you to think about how much money is being made. I just want you to know that's a person. It's not an entity. It's not some super giant big brother company somewhere. It's a person who owns it and just put it there and fills it from time to time, making money. I read an article last week about a person that owns vending machines, and they have one location where the vending machines are. It's in a gym. They've got a drink machine and a snack machine. They're making $1,000 a month. A month. And they paid maybe three, dollars 4000 for the machine. One time. So after four months, they've made all their money back. And now everything after that is profit. Now, of course, you got to buy your supplies. It's not quite passive in the sense that, yeah, you've got to restock the thing every now and then. But the idea that people could be in there shopping without you selling it to them, right. that's attractive. Yeah, seriously. I think you guys should take vending machines very seriously. They're very easy to come by. They're very easy to buy. As Alan mentioned, you can buy them used. You can buy them new. You can buy them online. Go to your local gym. Go to your local doctor's office, dentist's office, whatever it is, and say, listen, would you mind if I put a vending machine here? And as Alan mentioned, maybe they're, well, I don't know if I really need it. I'll pay you $60 a month, $100 mm. a month. Wow. Now, now they've got... 
residual and passive income mm-hmm. while you're over here making residual and passive income. Everybody wins. But Everybody let me ask you a question. Wins. So if our listeners do this, will you be able to sleep better at night? No, I'm not I'm not losing sleep over them. I'm losing sleep over us. Yeah. Well, Why don't we have vending machines? Well, we have some other we stuff. We own gyms and dry cleaners and we haven't even put vending machines in our own businesses. Yeah. Okay. That's the first problem. Why aren't we selling Gatorade outside of one of our gyms? Oh my gosh. In the dry cleaner, people are standing in line. They would buy snacks, okay? Yeah. Everybody buys snacks when you see a vending machine, especially when you come in with kids because they don't know how to act. They want a snack. How much is a box of snacks? You're, you're a parent. How much are these 24, 36 snack boxes at Costco? I have no $19? I don't know, Tiffany. Listen. Okay. All right. Vending machines. Bodies, vending Keeping machines. her up at night. Let her get some sleep. So. And if y'all, listen... Personally, as a personal, if you really care about me, Tiffany Hawkins, as a person, like, you know, we're family. I consider us family. If you live anywhere in the central New Jersey area, Baltimore, DMV area, um, Atlanta, these are places that I frequent often, and you decide to take this vending machine on the road, um, like you decide to take this idea seriously and put up vending machines, just for me, can you just stack one of the... um? Rolls with hot fries, Andy Caps hot fries specifically. <laughs> That's my personal favorite. And Oreos. No, not Oreos. In Atlanta Airport, when you go to the rental car facility, mm-hmm. there are vending machines and they always have hot fries in them. Wow. And it just warms my heart to know that people have the same taste buds that I do. And it always makes me want to spend my money. I think you have a problem. I don't have a problem. I just pay attention. The fact that you memorize the <laughs> what's inside the vending machines at every airport. Just the Atlanta airport. Okay. Because there's always hot fries. Well, I like the Charlotte airport because they have Popeyes. As soon as you get off the plane. See? Welcoming me with open arms. There you go. But what if it was just 75 cents at a vending machine? You don't got to get in line for Popeyes. Okay. They don't have to be open. That's the other thing. Oh, my God. Like, with the airport. She won't stop. hear Hear me out. With the airport. The stores have to be open. Right now, because of COVID, a lot of the restaurants aren't open. But the vending machines, they don't have to be open. No one has to come and open them. Pop it. It could be 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm thirsty. They cancel my flight. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm struggling. And here comes that vending machine light on. Saved the day. Saved the day. Okay? I'm just saying, residual and passive income. Yes. Get y'all a vending machine. Get your grandkids a vending machine. Be out here making some money. Help Tiffany get some sleep. Help me get some sleep here. Um, <laughs> we'll be back. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors. So we're talking about residual and passive income. I like that. Alan's been laughing at me. He doesn't take, you know, he doesn't think my the last idea was as serious as I think no, it is. No, I think it's a great idea. I just don't think you should lose sleep over it. Listen, okay. I'm going to say one last thing about vending machines oh and then we'll move on. One last thing. Okay. We get people who reach out to us all the time and they're like, oh my God, you know, I've come into a financial windfall of five or $10,000. What should I do? And we never suggest vending machines, but maybe we should. Maybe we should. Here's the thing. If you've got enough emergency savings, right? And you're like, I'm trying to flip this money. Because sometimes people have unrealistic expectations when it comes to these you know, sums of money. They're like, I want to put it in the market and I want to double it by tomorrow. Like, fam, calm down, right? And maybe they're not in a place where they're suitable to be a sophisticated investor. But go out, buy three, four vending machines, put them around your town. Who doesn't understand snacks? I'm just saying. Everybody understands I'm just saying. snacks. There is a story of a woman. I think okay. she's in Charlotte. 
I think she's in Charlotte somewhere. And I think it's in Charlotte. And she had a hair salon where she sold hair, right? She sold extensions. Okay. And one day she got the idea to put a vending machine in Bundles. her local mall selling hair extensions. I'm wow. being serious. I'm not. It's funny, but I'm being serious. She became a millionaire. There were lines outside of the mall wow. to get to her vending machine. She could not stock them fast enough. She had to put vending machines all around the city. And that's where you got your hair from? No. I mean, I don't have that much hair. So mm. this is mine. But what I'm saying is I, I think vending machines are always overlooked. Yeah. And similar to vending machines, ATMs. Okay. I like going to the ATM. Yeah. Most people like going to the ATM. So typically when you go to the bank, yes, that ATM is owned by the bank. But maybe you're going to the hair salon and they have kind of one of those more third-party ATM set up. That's probably owned by the hair salon or some random person. Like you can buy an ATM machine. You will be responsible for stocking it with ones, fives, tens, twenties, or whatever the case is. But there are several vending machines around the world that people actually own. Yeah. And so you can set them up in these type of places that maybe only take cash. There's a lot of mom and pop businesses like dry cleaners that only take cash. Maybe you say, hey, listen, I can set a vending machine up in your establishment to make things easier, to make these transactions easier for you. And then that fee that, hey, are you agreeing to pay $152 or whatever? That's your fee. You get that money for every single time somebody wants to take money out. I like it. You know how much an ATM vending machine costs, Tiffany? I just looked it up. How much does it cost? $2,000. Come on. And if you're charging a $3 fee, $600 transactions, 666 transactions, and you've paid for the whole machine. Right. And you might get that. You put this in, look, I don't want to suggest this, but back when, you know, 20 years ago when I was going uh -oh. to, the, I know to going. the strip clubs, I know where we're going. they'd often have- Vending machines. Vending machines. Yeah. ATM machines. That's not- Fees were high. Right. That's not Bank $6. of America or SunTrust coming in there, putting those vending machines in there. Yeah. Someone bought a vending machine and they're getting money off of it. You know what I mean? In New York City, you go to a bodega, there are ATM machines there. That's not a Bank of America ATM machine. That's nope. not a SunTrust ATM machine. Oftentimes, it's the owner of the business who bought a random ATM machine- For $2,000. Filled it with some currency- and just plugged it up. You literally just need an outlet. You need an electrical outlet. That's it. And some internet access in order to run an ATM machine. Buy yourself some ATM machines. And those fees, as high as they are, in certain situations, you're going to pay it. When you're at the local, you know, New York fried chicken or whatever the case is. <laughs> Kennedy they, fried yeah, chicken. Yeah, and they only take cash. You're the answer, and they're going to pay that $2 fee. They're going to pay that $3 fee. Every time someone does a transaction, you get 2 to $3. That's mm. it. Or $4. Or four. Listen, 4 I might walk away from the $4 okay. ATM. $3.25? I'll be there for the $3. Can I get $3.25? Remember, what was that movie where they stole the ATM machine? I don't know. It was a black movie. No, I know. exactly. Yes, I just don't remember so what it was. put your ATM machine somewhere Lock safe. Lock it up a yeah, little put bit. Put it somewhere safe. Yeah, for sure. But again... Think about the fact that people own ATM machines, people own vending machines. You can own these things. One-time charge, one-time setup, yeah. making money for the rest of your life. Like it. I like it. Another idea, this one's a lot bigger. This one requires a lot more capital up front. Open a laundromat. Okay. Right? Like laundromats are useful everywhere. I don't know many situations where laundromats aren't welcomed. It's expensive. You know, you got to have a lease and you've got to, you can set up the business and buy all these machines. And you want the coin operated laundromats. We're not talking about wash and fold. 
But once you set it up, that's kind of it. Like, I know people who still go to the coin laundromat. It's never anybody in there working. You know what I mean? Someone might come in every once in a while to make sure the machines are working and to clean the space. But like, that's kind of it. People come in, put their coins in, wash their clothes, leave. It requires more capital up front. It's a bigger commitment for sure. But that's what we're thinking about. We want you to think about these random type of things when we talk about residual and passive income. Think about the things around you that just seem so common, that seem so basic, that you oftentimes overlook. And just think, someone possibly owns that. Someone is getting this fee that I'm paying. Someone is getting these coins from these snacks, whatever the case is. Why not me? Yeah, I like it. And we, we own dry cleaners. Dry cleaners and laundry mats could not be any different. We don't have a coin op dry cleaner. We have a legit full service, actually multiple full service dry cleaners. We have staff. We have, each of our locations hires 25 to 35 people. That's not what we're saying that you should do, yeah. but consider a coin op laundromat. You might even start small. If there's a new apartment complex opening up, maybe they'll let you put a couple machines in. Seriously, just think about, to Alan's point, think about your day-to-day at your job, at your apartment complex. Maybe at your hair salon or barbershop, places that you frequent often and have some sort of relationship. That's three vending machines or three ATMs right there. And you might walk past them every single day and just hear cha-ching. You see somebody using it, you know that you just got paid that day. Hello. Whether you were there or not. It seems basic. It seems funny. But I'm telling you, there are people making lots and lots of money off these very basic, simple ideas that aren't very complicated. They just require you to be open to it. The thing I like about the list so far is that we're talking about things that don't involve traditional investments like stocks and bonds, because those are still out there. And I think the stock market is something that a lot of people are talking about, but we're giving you some additional ideas outside of that. But there's some new sort of peer-to-peer investment opportunities. Just check them out. I'm not saying they're for you. We haven't fully vetted them, but we've done enough reading to be able to say their names for you to look into. One is Lending Club. Lending Club allows people to make loans to other people. You can start with as little as $1,000 to get on Lending Club, and you can earn a return based on making loans. And it might be a little bit better than what you get from a CD in a bank. So it's like a legal version of being a loan shark. Yeah, like sweetness from good times. but on an app. Yeah. Online. That's right. There's also Funding Circle is another peer-to-peer lending site. And then there's another. There's Peer Street is a chance to loan money to people that are interested in buying real estate. But again, what I'm getting at is today, there's a lot of additional options for making investments in small amounts that will provide residual income over time. But one thing you have to understand with these types of options, the returns might not be as big, right? Like again, as a traditional investor, it's great if you can earn a 10% rate of return. It's great if half of that, 5% of that comes in the form of a check every year. But if you're only putting up $1,000 off of these types of investments, off of peer-to-peer lending and these peer-to-peer real estate loans, you might not be flipping that money three and four times over in a year. The other ideas, I think, have some more potential. Yeah, and I think the other ideas, for some people, when you think about these peer-to-peer lending, it just requires a little bit more capital, capital, right? It requires you to be a lot more open-minded to working with strangers and not really seeing where your money's going necessarily. There are some people who are just not that comfortable. They're like, I need to see it. I need to see my investment. I need to know what's happening. I need to know that it's there. I want something tangible. And if you're that type of person, then I think some of the things we mentioned earlier 
might be a good fit for you. And again, and if they're not, maybe you're like, listen, this is just too much for me. Keep an open mind when it comes to your kids. The younger people in your life, you know, the people who are more open-minded, millennials, college students, they're down with these new type of things. They think things like this are cool. They are open to it. And maybe they'll save their money over the summer just to go ahead and set up this business for themselves. Because no matter how small it may seem to you, owning vending machines, owning a vending machine, that's a business. Owning an ATM, that's a business. Getting 2 to $3 of a fee anytime someone does a transaction, I don't know what's wrong with that. And I don't have to be there. I don't have to know you. I don't have to, again, I don't have to open and close at night. I don't really have to do much often. Maybe I have to check in once a month or once a week to make sure it's properly stocked. I'm cool with that. Yeah, I like it. You know? Go to our Twitter page at Momentum Advice. If there's any ideas that you have for making some residual or passive income that you want to tweet that are not multi-level marketing, feel free to tweet us and we'll keep that conversation going online. Yeah, and if you've done any of the things that we talked about, maybe you've set up an online course, maybe you've published an ebook, um, maybe you've rented out your car, maybe you've rented out a room in your home, bought a vending machine, an ATM machine, we really want to hear your story. We want to hear what you're doing. We want to hear how it's going and what prompted you to get involved. You don't have that many characters, so there's only so much you can say. <laughs> um, but we, we want to know that you are out there. We know these things work for sure. We're trying to create some new conversations in the Black community and in diverse communities about how to build wealth together, how to grow your investments. And so again, join in the conversation at Momentum Advice. Share this podcast with your friends. Have your friends download it. And if you need financial advice, if you want someone to take a look at your investment portfolio, visit us at our website, Momentum-Advisors.com. We want to shout out the North Star, Sean, Ray, Willis, and the rest of the team. And we'll be back next week. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors. Momentum.